0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: What a beautiful day for horses in the
0: morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Nageek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Ashley Winch from Kansas City, Missouri, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for July 19th, episode 3228. This episode is brought to you by Kevin Equine. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to Wednesday. Only three days left till a weekend full of horsey fun. Lucky for you, you have Jamie and Glenn to get you through on Horses in the Morning.
0: Well, actually, we have Ashley and Glenn to get us through. And we have a fun show planned for you today. We have an old friend of the show, Susan Friedland's coming on. She's the author of a new book called Marguerite, Misty, and Me, talking about everything she c- could learn and did learn about Marguerite Henry, author of Misty of Chincoteague. And uh, from what I hear, it's a terrific book. It just came out at BriarFest, actually. And we have one of our terrific auditors, Tracy, coming on. She's going to share her adventures with two of her adorable fjords, uh and i love fjords i just think they're the coolest if i didn't have a hackney i'd have a fjord that that would be my second choice for for especially for driving and then ashley started on friday telling us all about uh her time in italy and showing and all of that and then she got cut off and her router died and we never talked to her again so she's back so ashley did you get it all fixed we're good now
2: Oh my gosh, you guys, that was so dramatic. I, I couldn't decide whether to cry or laugh or just, you know, leave town and go to Mexico.
0: Did you hear it, Jamie fired you immediately after you got I did, <laughs> and,
2: and I, I raised a wine glass to Jamie that afternoon and said, thanks, it's been a good week.
0: <laughs> yeah, one week of employment and you're gone.
2: You know, uh, I tried.
0: And it, your router actually, you had to get a new router.
2: It did. It totally right? went kaput and i was on with the you know the help chat people and they were like there's nothing we can do you need to bring the router into the store they gave me a new router knock on wood we've been golden ever since uh what are the but chances it just totally it
0: during our interview
2: you know <laughs> i uh i think i need to uh maybe volunteer more and get my good karma raised a bit <laughs> to avoid that <laughs>
0: See, in in the other shows that we do, we could have rescheduled you and done the interview another time because we record ahead. But with this one having to come out an hour after we're done in the morning, it's just like doing it live. It is what it is, and we have to put it out, right? We don't have a choice. And we
2: left everybody with that great cliffhanger, like, you know... What What happened at horse shows in Italy?
0: That's where we (laughs) left it. Uh, All we heard was there's a lot of drinking, and then you were gone. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a perfect place to leave it, actually. It is. And then auditors hold on for a post-show. Ashley's going to take the actor Studio test that James Lipson always did at the end of actor Studio. So we're going to give her those questions today and learn a little bit more about her from the personal side and not the horsey side. So we'll do that in the post-show as well. And that also includes your favorite swear word, so we'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) about that too. Um, So, you know, we've talked in the past about the pythons being a huge issue in in the everglades they're not native they were brought in they think that some some people let them loose they either had them as pets so the, you know the burmese pythons and then let them loose in the everglades and now they've freaking taken over well it's free game to hunt pythons anytime you want in the everglades and this just gave me the creeps everybody listens knows how i hate snakes uh, of any kind well they just found the largest python in recorded history and that's in the world, not just in Florida. 19 feet. Did you see a picture of this?
2: I did, and then I wished I
0: didn't. I hadn't. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, how, how do they make a steak that big? It's I, just what
2: crazy. What does it eat? Like, is it eat, out well, there eating alligators? Children? Well, the problem,
0: it could have. That one could have. <laughs> um, might have needed some tums after an alligator, I would think. But... <laughs> But the problem is they said that most of the fur-bearing animals, anything with fur, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Rabbits and, you know, every other kind of animal that was in the Everglades are gone. They're literally gone because they've been completely eaten away by the pythons.
2: Oh, my gosh. So
0: there's... That's the problem with the pythons. Is it's completely changing the ecosystem of the earth. Right,
2: because there's no other predator to get rid of them other than us. I guess other than
0: other than these Humans. python hunters. Now, the, there are actually python hunters, and I think there's a reward. It's like a thousand dollars for every python you bring in. Um, so there's these guys that go out and do it all the time. And you can just picture these guys, right? Oh my <laughs> you can, gosh. You can just picture. And by the oh, way, yeah. I've seen pictures. What you're picturing is exactly what they are. <laughs> like. So, they have gator so tooth this nectuses. guy was this <laughs> Yeah. This guy said, I've caught twenty five pythons. This is the first one that scared me. Uh he said, this thing really scared me. And I guess so. <laughs> it's uh, 19 feet long. Yeah,
2: no kidding.
0: So the previous one was 18 feet, 10 inches long, and it was caught 35 miles west of Miami. So, I mean, we're not talking far out of Miami.
2: I mean, I like to go to Miami for Cuban food, too. Maybe that's... You know, <laughs> <snake> just <laughs> just don't go west.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stay in Miami proper. Don't go west. <laughs> so there's your terrifying story of the day it's weird news day usually on wednesday so there's my piece of weird news and i will never visit the everglades that's for sure i'm not going there i don't need a boat ride in the everglades that bad no all right daily whinny time have one auditor birthday today Jenna Lay happy birthday to Jenna and also we have no new auditors that signed up this week so if you want to get your name on here and you want to help support Horse Radio Network and the hosts over here uh, you know the hosts we take half the money that we get in every month and it gets divided up amongst the hosts on the Horse Radio Network so Jamie gets a piece of uh, everything that you donate whether it's from three dollars to ten dollars to twenty dollars is completely your choice three dollars a month is a minimum uh, just go to Horses in the Morning dot com and click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page and you too can be part of the auditor group. You've been in the auditor group now. You see that's a very busy active group.
2: It is so much fun over in the auditor group. Let me tell you, like there, there it's not only about horses, it's about everything. There's jokes, there's pictures, there it's just a whole nother level of a way to be involved As, in this community. <laughs>
0: As well as serious conversations about life and life things, yes. you know? It is uh, it is really a good community, and uh, you too can be part of it.
2: And then for my Daily Winnie, my first Daily Winnie, uh, I wanted to – the only person I could give my first Daily Winnie to is for my mom, Thea Knott, who is a park ranger at Rainbow River uh, – Rainbow River – Springs State Park. Gosh, what a terrible daughter I am. I don't even know the name of the park she works at. <laughs> and it's actually really Where's close. That at? Glenn, it's super close to where you and Jennifer live and Dunellen. Oh, it's in the – she's in the Rainbow? River. Yeah. I
0: didn't know that.
2: Yeah. So uh you you know I'll come I know see Rainbow you. River, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is where my mom works as a park ranger. And uh I have to give her my winnie because she paid for decades of lessons, clinics, summer camps horses, tack, you know the drill. So thank you, Mom, for all of the blood, sweat, tears, and money. I finally got a job in the industry. Um, with interest, I don't think I'll be able to pay you back for another 30 years, but I love you.
0: Yeah, podcasting doesn't pay that good. So.
2: But I love you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mom. We appreciate it, too, because without her having all that experience, she wouldn't be working here and helping me out. So I really appreciate that also. And she's my neighbor.
2: Yes. Crazy. I mean,
0: the the land that we're buying is not too far out of Dinellon. It's north oh, of Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh, not too gosh. far out of Dinellon at all. Um,
2: well, I'll be coming down in October, so maybe we oh, can yeah. go check out your property together.
0: Yeah, we'll get together, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, she is literally 15 minutes from our house, where we live.
2: That is so funny how yeah, small didn't. the world is it
0: is a small world all right i have i thought what we could do to get to know ashley a little bit better for those of you that missed friday's show ashley is our new podcast coordinator here at equine network and the horse radio network she is uh, helping take some of the load off of jennifer and i and uh develop new programs and helping us uh build what we've what we've already established and make it better and uh, Ashley has some experience in the podcasting world outside of horses. She worked for a different company and also has a lot of horse experience as well so and what was it you did before you came to us in podcasting?
2: Yeah, so I worked at a podcast PR agency, so I got to work with a lot of really cool folks in the tech industry and uh and some incredible podcasters so
0: plus billionaires I heard
2: Oh, and let me tell you. They're fragile. <laughs> they don't. They don't joke around a whole lot, Glenn.
0: <laughs> My wife worked at uh, Myopia Hunt Club, which is uh, at a very exclusive hunt club in Massachusetts, where it's invite only and it's uh, mm. it's billionaires basically.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
0: only four hundred members. And it's the Kennedys and all of those. Yeah. And uh, I know exactly what you're talking
2: about. <laughs> oh, they're just real dry, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and fragile is a good word. It, you it would is. think that they would be tough as nails, but nope <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you know we often talked about when you get to that strata it nothing's about not really about money anymore because they have plenty of that right money is not an issue for them they can do whatever they want um, they like to make money but it's not it's not the number one overriding thing power mm-hmm. is mm-hmm power and control are the two things when you get enough money that money doesn't matter anymore then it's all about power and control and it's even over the littlest silliest things uh it's just and it that surprised us
2: when hmm. we were there i bet yeah, I bet. It influence, you know, and yep. it's just, it's a whole nother world that I'm kind of cool not being a part of.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why she quit. Is She yeah. She said to me one day, she said, I'm getting sucked into their world, and mm-hmm. I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was why she quit. And she loved that job. She got to hunt three days a week. And, oh, come on. You know, all of that. But it's a different world. It really is. Truly. All right, I have some quick questions for you that I put together, and this is to get to know you a little better, and so the audience gets to know you a little better, and me too, because I don't know the answer to these questions, and I've only worked with you for a week. so Yeah, fair. um, And we didn't fire you Friday, so you're still here.
2: (laughs) I mean, Um, it's a whole new week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. By this Friday, who knows? Uh, So these are your quick hits. Your favorite breed of horse.
2: Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I am going to say... An appendix, even though I've never owned one, I've always loved the the mix of the thoroughbred and the quarter horse together. When it's right, you know, you get the the, the right mix. I mean that horse will just do anything you ask of it with a smile. I, I just love an appendix.
0: So you you've done you've done both English and Western, right? Yes,
2: yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought you've done both. Um, and I might have seen a picture on your Facebook page of you and cowboy boots, too. So.
2: Oh yeah. Well, you know, if If I'm not gonna be the best in the ring, I'm gonna look good glad <laughs> It's all about the accessories, okay,
0: <laughs> the most dramatic fall,
2: oh my gosh okay this is I have a great story for this, and it's actually um related to when I put the first ride on my mustang for extreme mustang makeover uh I want to say this would have been in maybe two thousand sixteen. Uh it was I was putting my first ride on my Mustang a bay 5-year-old uh, mare from South Steens Oregon and I had you know cinched the saddle one foot in swing the other leg over we sit still we're fine and I go to adjust you know how when you you mount up uh, sometimes your s- saddle goes askew so you bounce in the other foot to to center yep. the saddle Yep I did it totally by habit because I had never broke a horse before. I will never start a horse again, frankly. Uh, So, you know, it's just one of those things when you feel the saddle off, you put more weight in the other foot and you just fix it. So I did this totally out of habit. My poor Mustang lost her ever loving mind. Uh, We were in a round pen um, and she bucked me off so hard that my cowboy boots flew off my feet over the eight foot uh round pen fence into another paddock 20 feet away oh wow I I had a concussion nothing was broken uh she never pulled a stunt like that again frankly uh and
0: that was her one way of, that was her one time of telling you I'm still in charge keep that's it
2: up. And I was like, all yep. right, suck. sorry. Won't do that again. <laughs> it was very dramatic. And my husband, he filmed the whole thing and I've never been able to watch it. I'm terrified. I don't even want to see it. He's like, You look like a rag doll.
0: Well, you're not you're a tiny thing anyway, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I'm like
2: about five three on a tall day. I'm Why not is very it all? big.
0: Most of my co-hosts are tiny. Dude, Jamie's five two. Helena's five two. Wendy's <laughs> like five two. It's like <laughs>
2: It are small All with a lot of spunk are, you know
0: yeah well that's true yep yep that's that's why i that's why you're co-host <laughs> so wow and you weren't hurt didn't break i anything. mean i
2: didn't No, no broken bones i had a very mild concussion uh but yeah she went on to be a wonderful horse and uh, i mean kids ride her now she's a wonderful trail horse she she's in delaware with my dear friend susan gary and uh Yeah, that was Sookie.
0: (laughs) We're going to talk more about that horse husband, who's also a a military guy. We're going to talk more about him. And we definitely still have to have you on for a post-show with Jamie talking about being bad military wives.
2: I would love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the horse you want back.
2: Oh, the horse I want back is going to be my... my Quarter horse gelding Boo, who's just a backyard. I think he's papered. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But my mom got him as our bomb-proof trail horse um, when I was maybe 12 or 13. And uh one summer I really wanted a new wakeboard. I grew up in Florida. And I said, Mom, if I train Boo in dressage this summer, so you know she could do uh eventing with me. I said, will you buy me a wakeboard? And she said, totally. And so I ended up falling in love with this horse so much that I kept him. <laughs> and I actually went on to compete with him um up to, I think we did third level. Uh, and we did, were regional champions. And so like we went off and kind of like killed it. And my mom was just like, you stole my horse. And I would steal him back. He's currently (laughs) retired in um, Lakanto, living his best fat boy life. And Boo is definitely my once-in-a-lifetime liver chestnut love muffin.
0: I love that, Boo. The (laughs) horse you wish you had never owned.
2: That's going to be a thoroughbred I owned. His name was Sonny. And I, gosh, I was maybe between 12 and 14. And he was this slab-sided... Sixteen three thoroughbred, and let's say two and a half of those hands were wither. her. <laughs> and him. He was a OTTB, and you know, it was like I was in that age of like I'm a I'm a teen preteen. I can take on any horse. You know, you're young and dumb. When you yeah. fall, it doesn't hurt. Right. You're you're, you're <laughs> right. it's a whole nother life and. This horse was just – he was dangerous at the end of the day. I mean, he, he, he was nuts and very flighty. And, and i he was probably too much horse for me, and that's okay. You know, I'll take that. But um, when he was really naughty, my mom actually referred to him as Alpo.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've had a few of those over the time, too. So He just um, hadn't found his right owner yet.
2: That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. And it uh, he found a new home, and, and I'm sure he's living a great life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> doing something all right favorites favorite saddle brand
2: so hot take on my favorite saddle brand it's nothing fancy and I'm gonna tell you why Glenn I love I have a um Bates Caprelli windtech and oh, yeah. why I love this is because it has the interchangeable gullet yep. system.
0: Uh, believe me, we all own Wint- Wintex. Jennifer oh owns Wintex. Gosh. Jamie owns Wintex. How, we get that one. All right. We don't even have to talk about that one. That good. Was good. <laughs> Favorite breeches brand?
2: Oh, I'm going to have to say Carrots. They're just so comfy. And I like how they, they, they're a bit more fashionable than some of the other ones, I think.
0: All right. I'm going to skip a couple here and go to the horse chore you hate the most or barn chore. Either one.
2: Oh. Cleaning the spider webs and the cobwebs. Jennifer, too. You're
0: in over there. Do you have a hobby outside of horses?
2: I well, and podcast. Does podcasting count? No, no. Oh God, that's work. Um. Well, I love cooking. You don't collect
0: anything, or
2: no? I don't. I'm not. Oh, that was my next question: Is who cooks? Okay. Well, Glenny, I am. I'm kind of a unperf like. I'm a wannabe chef. I love cooking. I'm the kitchen is my happy place. That's where I meditate, have a glass of wine, listen to my podcasts that are not about horses. And, <laughs> and I just love cooking. We, when we lived in Italy for three years, I picked up so much. Um, so like for Monday, for example, I made a summer vegetable risotto that was just out of this world.
0: So when you come to visit, you're going to cook? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I always cook whenever I,
2: I visit, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Who cleans the house? Well, we both do. I'll be fair there. Okay. I don't All do right. the, the, like, I hate the washing the baseboards, cleaning fans. So Zach will do those ones. And I do the kind of day to day.
0: And the final question, do you or have you ever hauled hay in your car? Not your pickup truck, your
2: car. Oh, I have not had to because you never get the hay out if you do that. Oh,
0: your horse husband approved then. Your horse husband approved.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. There's just no way to get all... It's impossible. Oh, that
0: doesn't stop 75% of our listeners from pulling any cars. <laughs> <laughs> or Jennifer, for that matter. doesn't stop any of them. All right, we're going to get to our first guest. Thank you, by the way, for answering Absolutely. all those questions. Uh, we know you a little bit better. Um, we're going to hear from Kem and Equine, and we're going to come back with Susan, Susan Friedland, author of Marguerite, Misty, and Me, A Horse Lover's Hunt, for the Hidden History of Marguerite Henry and Her Chincoteague Pony. We've had no shortage of stress this past year, and a lot of our attention has been focused on maintaining our health and immunity. Stress and illness can actually form a vicious cycle in humans and also in horses. Elevated cortisol levels caused by stressors like extreme weather, disease, diet changes, travel, and trailering can throw your horse's health and immune function out of whack. But did you know you can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day? By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing overall energy use, feeding chromium results in improved body upkeep, health and immunity, performance, and overall well-being. To ensure you're supporting your horse, don't feed just any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium proponate on the market today. ChemTrace Chromium from Chemin Equine. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at com slash Chromium EQ. That's Kemin, K-E-M-I-N dot com slash Chromium EQ. Susan, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks, Glenn. It is always so much fun to talk to you and be on your show.
0: You know, I um, I looked it up. I think you were your first time you were on was ten years ago. <laughs> it's been a long time. What? Yeah. So I mean you've been <laughs> You're doing making your, me feel old. You've been doing your blog forever. I have 2013. Yeah. That's about when we had you on, when you, when you first started. Um, yeah. And you've been an author though for magazines and written tons of articles for various magazines around the horse world. You've been a journalist in the horse world for a long time. Um, now what made you, what's the fascination with Marguerite Henry and of course the Chincoteague ponies?
1: Well, I think everyone grew up loving Misty, and a neat connection that I've had was, you know, I was that kid. Our family didn't have money for horses, but we had some friends who had horses, and they lived in this tiny town called Wayne, Illinois, and they said, come on over and ride. And so I had no idea what I was doing, really, but this wonderful, warm woman uh, let me in and opened the world of horses for me, and so I got to ride her 25-year-old field hunter And this was just like, get on and go. There was lots of fields and, uh, trails. And I found out at the time that Marguerite Henry had lived there decades before. So by this time she had already relocated to Southern California. So I thought that was a cool connection, but didn't think much of it as I was, you know, reading and loving her books. So then flash forward to around my college years, um, I had her address that uh, just, you know, through six degrees of not Kevin Bacon, but Marguerite Henry. um, And I wanted to write her a fan letter and I never did. And then she died.
0: Well, so so this was your way of uh, establishing a connection with her, really?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I've spent the last two and a half years doing an extremely, Nerdy to some historical deep dive, uh, going to archives, interviewing people who knew her. In fact, um, I had dinner with a gentleman who I'm guessing is about 80, 81, and he was a little boy and he was paid 75 cents to ride Misty of Chincoteague on trail with Marguerite Henry. And that was just (laughs) really cool to interview people who knew her. Mm -hmm.
2: That is so incredible. I don't think he realizes how
1: incredible it is. So when I was like, you know, Ed, you understand people are still crazy about this pony. And Every girl it just, I don't think it's
0: crazy mm-hmm. about this. <laughs> right? Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you you I got a lot of questions about uh, about her and things that surprised you and, and that kind of thing. But you you just released this book and it came out at Briarfest. Fest. There is a group that probably knows that book.
1: Oh, yeah, Glenn. You know, I had, well, so I, I'm not a marketer. My background is education, but um, I did take my childhood Misty of Chincoteague Briar with me and I had it set up at the table. We were at the Taberton Equine Books vendor booth and uh, it was like, Just it was a a magnetic force, you know, having that Misty model there, people came over. And so then, again, you know, I feel I'm trying not to be smarmy, but I just said, oh, have you heard about my new book? And no, I said, well, I dove into the backstory of Marguerite Henry, and this is my book, and it's the launch, and I'd love to sign a copy for you. So it was really well received, and I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah, it's a good, that was a good place to do it. I mean, it was a perfect place to do it, actually. And how much were you offered for your model?
1: Surprisingly, nothing. And I had the little stormy foal as well. And so I had that. And there was a kid that, you know, their eyes were about at table height. (laughs) And they picked up the stormy, and I'm just like inside, trying to like calm down, so you breathe, <laughs> breathe. It's going to be okay. I mean, I knew they wouldn't steal it, but I thought if they drop that stormy, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to respond.
0: <laughs> I know they—they're they're always trying to buy the ones they don't have, uh, so that's why I thought that that might have happened. So, what was the thing that surprised you about Marguerite Henry in your research that you went, oh, huh, I didn't know that, and that's fascinating.
1: Well, she was a total go-getter, and um, so basically her writing career got started because she got into a little tiff with her husband. She was married in 1923, and apparently uh, they received five lamps as wedding presents, and so she didn't have the heart to return any of the lamps, and you know, this is before registries, obviously, so she went out and bought five without telling Sydney, her husband, five tables upon which to place the five lamps. So to smooth things over at home, they were living in Chicago at the time. Uh, she walked into a magazine publisher's office and basically you know, asked to see the editor and said, I need a job. Give me a story. If you don't like it, you don't have to pay me. And so that first story that she was on assignment was the opening of... Uh, A building, and uh, the former governor of Kentucky was giving a speech. Um, I saw a picture in a newspaper. There was, you know, bunting and fanfare, and it was like this, one of the largest buildings in the world at the time. And uh, she was so mesmerized that she forgot to take notes of the guy's speech. So she forced her way through the crowd and said, Governor, uh, you know, this is my first job, and I think it might be my last job. I was so, you know, inspired by your speech. I didn't write anything down. Would you please go over the high points for me? And he pulled out of his pocket a copy of his speech and gave it to her and she said all she had to do was boil it down and she you know her whole career was based on boiling down stories. So she had a long career of writing magazine articles, business magazine articles, and uh, home interior and on my desk right now, I have this article that I think is hilarious. Um, it was from a magazine called PhotoPlay, which I'm thinking was maybe like the kind of, you know, Hollywood or maybe like a People magazine at the time. And the title of the article is Ornamental Lamps Well-Placed Add Beauty and Restfulness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's an irony, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just love that. Uh, that new layer of Marguerite that she was just an independent woman and frankly it sounds like her first day sounded like my last Friday Glenn. Yeah it does
0: I was thinking that actually. Now
2: (laughs) like I just like we're homies in my heart now me and Marguerite.
1: I just had one other thing that I think uh, will speak to a lot of your listeners is Marguerite was a city kid. She grew up in Milwaukee and then when she was a newlywed moved to Chicago and she always always wanted a horse and she never was able to get a horse until she was in her mid forties, and the horse she got was the full Misty of Shinkatig that we all fell in love with. So I think that's pretty cool. She was a horse owner for the first time as a middle-aged woman.
2: That's incredible because there there is no timeline. There's no time like the present, you know. I just I love anybody who can just commit to a decision and a passion regardless of their age. That's beautiful. Um, in all of your research, Susan. Did you find in any of Marguerite's diaries or past work? Uh, is it chin Chinkatig, or Shinkatig? Because I have it's, never been able to figure it out. Uh, it's soft, so Shinkatig. Yeah, okay. Okay. Shinkatig. Now uh-huh. I know. Thank you.
0: I think I think I have to delete about eighty five episodes of this show where we've said it wrong. <laughs>
2: Well, you know what? So I I went there
1: twice in my research. I was there last year on a kayak watching the pony swim, and I'll be doing that uh, next week as well. Um, so, and I'm going to be speaking at the local library there, they're having an event for me, and then I'll be doing a signing at Sundial Books. So if any of your listeners are going to be on Chincoteague, I would love to see them. But, um, I will double check for sure when I go, but as I recall, the locals pronounced it Chincoteague. Oh my God, this book is made
0: for that event. If you don't sell books at this event, you're not going to sell any books. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was actually, you know, so I don't. if, if People who've been to Briarfest will know that uh, people decorate their cars and say like Briarfest or Bust. Um, so I think I'm going to get some uh, one of those car paint pens and do my back windshield and say Shikatigue or Bust, and then put my <laughs> the times. So I'm going to be at the Shikatigue Pony Drill Team Open House Tuesday next week from ten until eleven thirty, and then actually the museum that just bought the BB Ranch. They asked me to do a talk uh, 3 p.m. next Wednesday. So I'm just really excited. Um, the most meaningful moment for me, I think, at Briarfest was a young woman who saw the Misty Model came over and said, I hated reading. And then my fourth grade teacher gave me a copy of Misty of Chincoteague. And then I read all the Marguerite Henry books. And I'm a reader today. And it just gave me the chills hearing that.
0: Mm-hmm so what so in this book you're talking about her but also about uh i mean obviously about misty and and the chincoteague ponies in general are you covering all three of those
1: yeah i am so basically i thought i was going to write a straight up biography but quite honestly um she was a very humble woman and um she had no children so it was a little difficult to kind of you know find these people. I mean, I just had the geographical advantage, obviously from, you know, kind of just the horse world as small as I'm sure the two of you know. So, um, then I started, uh, mixing in little stories with my off track thoroughbred nights and, um, just the things I wondered cause I started, uh, fox hunting a few years ago. I'm not doing it right now, but I wondered like, did Marguerite Henry ever fox hunt? Cause she lit, I know where her house is, where she lived. Um, and she lived right across the street from, a, a you know, a very thriving equestrian center that has to this day still has a fox hunt. So, um, I, it, you know, it's kind of like a horse girls Julie and Julia. If you guys remember, oh, yeah. it was a book, yeah. and then yeah, it's a horse girls Julie and Julia. I've
0: seen that movie about fifty times. I
2: love that <laughs> oh. movie. <laughs>
0: I really have seen it about fifty times. Um, well, this is terrific. I think you know our listeners love this story. We we cover the pony swim every year. We'll be doing it again next week, and you know it's just it's, it's a fantasy, right? It's a fantasy mm. thing um, for every teenage girl and every adult woman, and and maybe a few guys. Um, so so I, I this was brilliant, and I, I know what kind of writer you are, so this is going to be a really good book. Uh, oh, thanks, where, where where do you want people to go to buy it?
1: Well, I would love for them to buy off my website because then I can give them the extra special treatment and give them a Misty sticker for free. And I have this really cool bookmark that has uh, it's the cover. It's based on the cover of the book. Margarita's smiling and she's shaking Misty's. I almost said paw, but her <laughs> front hoof. And um, so if they go to SaddleSeeksHorse.shop, SaddleSeeks horse.shop they can buy direct from me and then um, you know that it supports me and I can thank them personally with a little note and um, they can buy it on the, the other online retailer uh, if they so desire, but it just, it's more meaningful to me. I, I do a little happy dance every time I see, you know, an order come through and um it's just as special to see where this book is going to go. And I really want to preserve the legacy of Marguerite because she just had such a heart full of love for, for animals, horses specifically, and children, and really just was an amazing woman. And like, People in the horse world, I don't know if they realize that she won some of the highest literary awards, mm-hmm. and so I think it's kind of a shame that outside of the horse world, I don't want to say she's forgotten, but um, you know, there's a American Writers Museum just opened in Chicago. Marguerite lived in Chicago. She's a Midwesterner. I went there. They don't have anything dedicated to her, even though they have exhibits on, you know, like women writers and prominent Newbery authors. She won the Newbery Award for King of the Wind in 1949, and she also won two Newbery Honor Awards. So like this woman needs to be lauded not just for her literary success, but uh, she was just an inspiring person and continues to really touch people today.
0: Well, very good. And I'll put a link to your website and also where they can buy the book right in our show notes for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us again. And thank have you. a blast next week swimming with the ponies. Thank you. Well, hopefully I won't be
1: swimming. Hopefully <laughs> I'll be in my kayak and
0: everything will be good. <laughs> well, if you are swimming with the ponies, please get a video. We want to we see that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: seriously. Yeah.
0: Seriously. You can show that. <laughs> Thanks, Susan.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye.
0: Well, as you know, statelinetac.com is one of our sponsors, been a sponsor of our show for about 10 years. And I did see a post about, uh, some listeners seeing some shipping delays. And actually, we kind of mentioned it in the last couple of weeks ago, but it's right on their website now. Important update on shipping delays. They were transitioning warehouses. They were moving all of their stuff from to a different warehouse and jennifer and i had our own warehouse when we had our store about a millionth the size of theirs and let me tell you when you have to move warehouses it's a nightmare so uh we did move warehouses actually when i worked a bit of britain too and it's a nightmare and things get delayed and it's just that's the way it is so uh they do apologize for any inconvenience that it's caused and hopefully that'll be straightened out in the next week or two and your orders will start to ship faster now that they're over in the new warehouse um they are uh they are doing 20% off orders over $29 and 30% off orders over $129 to help make up for, for the problems that you've been having. So head on over to Statelinetech.com. And now coming up next, we have a guest that's brought to you by Daily Dose Equine, non-GMO core nutrition for horses and ponies of all ages. Who's coming up?
2: And coming up, our auditor, Tracy Cosgrove, is going to be joining us to talk about her two fjords, Tova and Freya you to our auditor Tracy for joining us this morning. Now, Tracy, I understand that you have two of the horses that were featured in Disney's Frozen. You have Fjords. I'd love for I you to tell indeed. us more. I have-
3: Yes, I have two beautiful fjords. I've had my 16-year-old mare now for about six years. She had been a pasture pet for the first 10 years of her life, and I've learned an awful lot training her. And because of that experience, um, I decided to try and train a baby from the ground up. So I've had my other fjord since she were, three weeks before she was delivered. Um, and then I brought her home at six months, and she just turned two this spring.
2: That is so exciting. I have uh, only ever started one horse and I said never again. So I'd love to know how you, thought, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, there is so much to be scared of. How do you how do you deal with that fear in starting a new horse?
3: I have some absolutely wonderful trainers. Um, Fjords is so versatile with my mare, with Freya, um, I do dressage. We actually just won a competition this past weekend. Congratulations. We do barrel racing. And I do... Tra- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We do some barrel racing. Um, and we also love to get out and about on the trails. So I actually have two trainers. I have a Western trainer and an English trainer. Um, and then the same with my baby. They've been willing to continue to help me with little Tover. And little Tover's coming along real well.
0: That just means so. you have to buy double of everything. Everything Western, everything English.
3: I know it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
0: you're a horse husband nightmare. <laughs> let me tell you that, Tracy.
3: <laughs> well, he bought me my first horse for my birthday. so. Oh, it's all his fault then. <laughs> It's all his fault. <laughs> I wanted a horse of my own since I was a little girl, and 40 years later, my wish came true. <laughs>
2: oh, how funny. We're, so we keep have a- dreaming, kids. <laughs> that's it. We have a theme uh, of today's show is women getting horses when they turn 40, huh, Glenn? Yeah,
0: that's it. That seems to be the theme.
2: No kidding. So, <laughs> go ahead.
0: I got to tell you, I, we belonged to a carriage club years ago. And when I first met Jennifer and I had my first driving horse, and we used to go drives everywhere and, and through cities. And it was just crazy. We'd go on three, four-hour drives. And I had this little Amish pony. And the Amish pony mm-hmm. loved to get behind – there was one fjord in the group, and it was the cutest fjord pony. And, of course, they're great for driving. They're terrific driving ponies. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He used to love to get behind the fjord because the fjord never went very fast. So we could could tuck in behind the fjord and we didn't have to go very fast. It was a perfect situation. (laughs) 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 They're steady is what they are, right?
3: They're steady. Yeah, they will trot all day long. But again, yeah, they're not the fastest in the world, but they will trot all day long.
2: So, Tracy... I've not had the pleasure of working with fjords. Would you tell me maybe some of the differences that you see? Have you, have you had experience with other horse breeds? Yes, I
3: have. Um, Freya and I volunteer and take rides out at a local barn that has almost a hundred horses and most of them are quarter horses. And that's where most of my horse background in this country was. I learned to ride in England. So I have an English background and then now a Western background too. Um, they're very, very black and white much more so than the quarter horses that I've worked with. You've really got to keep the rules. That one time you break the rule of, well, I'll feed you from my pocket just this once they've got it. They've figured it out and you're not on teaching it. <laughs> um, they can be pushy. <laughs> they can be very pushy with food. They are extremely food motivated. Mm. My daughter also has a fjord gelding and he was in training and the training was like, he won't move away from that side of the arena. Like, well, the hayloft's on that end. What do you expect? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) very, very food motivated, um, but super sweet personalities. They love to be with you. My little two year old, my barn and past and stalls are actually in the pasture. So, when I'm doing barn chores, my two year old will come and help. She just likes to be with me and doing stuff with me. Um, Very, very social. And then Freya, my older mare, is just so, so good with the little kids. Mm. They're just social and they love kids.
0: Well, and they tend to be what, 14 and a half, 15 hands?
3: um, 13.2 to 14.2 is breed standard. Okay. Mm. Freya's Freya's 14 hands and 1,000 pounds. My little one is, she's. She's probably 14 two at her butt and 14 at her withers right now, and she's about 900 pounds. Mm-hmm. She's got three or four more years growing to go. Um, so again, unlike other horses, I can't sit on her until she's three, so I can't sit on her in, for another year. And then the breeders recommend walk at three, trot at four, canter at five under saddle, and then you can do whatever you want. So it's, it's slow, much slower than the quarter horses I've worked with.
2: So what are your plans for Tova in the uh, next year when you can finally sit on your new baby?
3: Um, My winter goal is to be able to pony her off my mare on the trails. I've been long lining her with a saddle and a bridle arm. So she's as prepared as we can be. Um, Eventually, she's going to be my new dressage prospect. She's a really nice mover and the bloodline through her father that she's from, um, have won the pony dressage championships. So hopefully we'll get, we'll get some good dressage scores off her when she's older.
0: Have you ever driven either one of them? Well, not the first, not the two. I haven't.
3: Not the two. No, no. Um. I'm potentially going to a clinic in a couple of months with my two year old. That's kind of an introduction to driving to just, again, she can't pull anything heavy, but to do some light stuff. So I'm interested in driving. Yeah. Yeah. Just to do some ground driving and stuff with her. Yeah. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with that.
0: Despite what Jamie says, I think you're going to have a lot of fun with that.
3: (laughs) Her, Her breeder drives. So both her mom drives and I think her dad does as well. So that'd be something different to get into.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, the reason that they make such good driving ponies is what you talked about. They're just steady. It's a steady. Yeah. You can trot forever. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's very I- cool. Well, and I've
3: done a lot of other things. Why not drive as well? Yeah,
0: why not? I mean, your, your horse, Fre- Freya does everything. So we're going to put, put a mm-hmm. uh, picture of your pony in our show notes. So anybody that wants to see Freya and you on top, they can uh, just check out the show notes. It'll be there. Uh, and we appreciate mm-hmm. you, one, being an auditor. Thank you so much for being an auditor and for helping support uh, the Horse Radio Network and the hosts here. And just for listening to our show, we really appreciate that also.
1: I'm here with the mad scientist who developed daily dose equine horse feeds, Janet Geyer. And I wanted to have a quick chat with you because daily dose equine horse feeds are non-GMO, whole food nutrition based. And a lot of people go, oh, that comes from a small, dedicated feed mill. I won't be able to get that when I travel. They're wrong, aren't they?
3: They are. You can get it through Chewy, anywhere in the United States. Or if you live locally in Maryland and Northern Virginia, you can get it delivered.
1: There you go. Chewy.com, it will deliver it anywhere you want. You can also schedule delivery in advance, so you can have it delivered every X number of days. And you can go in there to your account and change it every time you move horse show venues. So check it out today, DailyDoseEquine.com online or Chewy.com.
2: Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org.
0: Well that's been a lot of fun today. You know something we didn't talk about earlier is you have a special relationship with Chinkatig and the I, ponies.
2: Yes, I do as a matter of fact. Chinkatig,
0: um, sorry, I got to say. Schink-a-teague.
2: Now Schink-a-teague. we know. Now we know. Don't come for us in the comments. We're going to work on yeah. you guys. <laughs> so yeah, actually um we, my husband took me to Chincoteague for our first wedding anniversary because we, we were stationed at Langley Air Force Base in, uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia. So it wasn't that far of a drive. Oh, and, yeah. um, I actually just pre-ordered our guest's book, Margaret, me, uh, sorry, Marguerite Misty and me. I just pre-ordered it. I can't wait to read it. Yay! So I'm excited. <laughs>
0: Very cool. Yeah. Well, now, if you missed Friday's show, go back and take a listen to it. We're just going to pick up where we left off with Ashley. Jamie and I were talking to her when her internet cut out and her router died. Um, apparently, uh, our show kills routers. I don't know. Um, but we uh, were talking about you living in Italy. You were stationed over there. Your husband's in the Air Force. And you were riding in Italy, and you were showing in Italy. And we just got to the point where you were starting to talk about what's different Uh, at shows in Italy and the United States. And the only thing we got to is wine was the only thing we got to. So take it from there.
2: Well, I mean, that is the most important part of a horse show. So (laughs) I really don't know the point of, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So there, there is a lot of, of wine at the shows, but there was a a lot of, a lot of wine at this show in particular. Uh, I had a bunch of friends who had never been to an equestrian event come up to support me, which was so fun. Um, in that they had never been to a horse show before. They, without my knowledge, I guess like Googled what to expect at horse shows. And <laughs> I'm really not kidding. What they had found was, um, derby party hats. Oh. <laughs> so every one of my girlfriends wore a different color really derby hat with a fascinator. We had every color of the what rainbow. Kind of was,
0: this? was this a jumper show?
2: This was a jumper show. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and, and and we're the only Americans there. Like, So not only do we already stick out like a sore thumb, everybody's dressed up drinking Prosecco out of their glasses. And I mean, it was just a, such a spectacle to behold. So... Later in the show, my trainer, he says to me, Ashlai, is it to somebody's wedding? Because all the Italians kept seeing them and they'd go, aguri, auguri, which means like best wishes. And I said, no, they got confused on what to wear. So they dressed up like they were going to the derby. And my, tr- the whole barn starts laughing so hard. And I was like, come, which means what? And they said, we all thought that somebody was getting married and that this was like a bachelorette party <laughs> because they had the veils as, you know, the fascinators. Oh my God. So that was just ridiculous in its own. And uh so... By
0: the way, your Italian accent's wonderful. <laughs> oh,
2: grazie. I had a lot of practice. So one super crazy thing was the warm-up ring. Now, you know, I grew up showing in Florida, Georgia, whatever. I understand the rules of American warm-up rings. Italian warm-up rings picture. Let's say 50 to 60 horses cantering clockwise and trainers are just yelling names of their students and horses out to pull out of the herd and jump the fences in the middle of the circle. So there's three fences in the middle, the warm-up jumps, and everyone's cantering in a circle. It is Absolutely terrifying. Nobody, like, nobody is saying inside, outside, or following the rules of the road, which, if you've ever vacationed in Italy and have driven in Italy, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Um, And so they're just yelling and people are pulling out of the herd and jumping. We do a couple jumps. My trainer's like, okay, Ashley, at this time. And I'm like, okay. And so we walk from the warm up ring and I got to be honest with you guys, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm not out here trying to get the best time on the clock anymore. Okay. Like just real talk. I'm there to have a good time. And so I go out and I do my course and I'm on the last, uh, the last two jumps and I hear my trainer yelling from the the stands telling me to go faster and I didn't want to go faster. I was going plenty fast as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> And so I just told him when I dismounted, I couldn't hear him. I went, oh, mi (laughs) dispiace, I'm sorry. And I just lied to his face. Because what's he going to do? I paid him, you know, like it's fine.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, you're paying the bill. You
2: know, and so then at an American horse show, after the class is complete, you know, then they they put it on the post who got what ribbon, whatever. In, In this show, and this was a regional championship or a regional qualifier for Tuscany. So... They did all of the awards at the end of the day for every class, and the classes were broke down by um, speed, style, and then the height of the fences.
0: Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a horse husband's nightmare, because at (laughs) least the show's over here, your wife goes, and she wins a ribbon, and they do it right away, and then you can leave. You have to wait around to the end of the day if you're the first in the class in the day?
2: You got it, babe.
0: Oh, no, that's
2: not I'll be honest. We did not hang out. I was like, there's a winery 10 minutes from here. Um, I'm going to go.
0: The bridal party is all heading to the winery. (laughs)
2: And we did. And my trainer texted me that night and said that I won. And I couldn't believe it. I was like what he's like yes you you got first place you got the gold and to this day i actually ride around with my gold medal hanging from my rearview mirror because it was (laughs) such a wild ridiculous experience and i just laughed the whole entire way because what can you do just show up and have fun and that's really what the sport's about right you know so well
0: it's what it's supposed to be about yeah for sure yeah i mean that's that's the idea. When you stop having fun, is it, is it really something you want to do anymore, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a funny story. Thank you Did the girls have a good time?
2: Oh, they loved it. And as a matter of fact, one of their husbands uh, proclaimed himself as my new horse show husband because he loved it so much. <laughs> and he's like, where is your next competition? I'm going to travel in. He was giving me like um like a a. What I don't do other sports other than horseback riding, like when the coach is telling the team to get like, yeah, we can a do this. Talk. Yes, yeah. he was giving me like a pep talk before I went in the arena. <laughs> like, it was so funny.
0: <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> all right. That's, that's a good story. And your Italian's brilliant. I love it. So thank you for everybody for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Ashley, thank you for filling in for Jamie.
2: Thank you. The pleasure was all mine.
0: Well, it's not going to be your last time, so I hope you liked it (laughs) (laughs) because you have to come back. And we're gonna hang around, auditors, because we're gonna do a little post show where we're gonna ask Ashley the serious questions from James Lipston. James Lipton from Inside the Actor Studio. We'll do that after. Tomorrow we have the Equine Affair episode that will be happening tomorrow. And then on Friday, Wendy, Dr. Wendy, will be here, and we're gonna do some really bad ads on Friday. So Dr. Wendy loves doing really bad ads It's her favorite time. And we're gonna get an update on Wendy. Remember, she tripped over a doggy gate, broke her leg, needed surgery, pins and screws and can't put weight on it for eight weeks so we're gonna see if she's cheating or you know whether she's uh, already running around uh, like she's not supposed to because that's what I'm predicting we'll find out more about how all that happened on Friday's show thank you Ashley thank you Glenn we'll see you, everybody hang on a little-